It's Feckin' Animals episode 2. This is the podcast about quirky stories about animals that also mixes in a bit of nature and it's all about our understanding of animals. I am your host Toomey and today we're talking about geese, singular goose. And to join me in that interesting discussion about geese is a good friend of mine, Fergal Trainer, who is the co-host of the Feckin' Check-In podcast with myself he is the co-founder of the feck and check-in podcast network and he has a popular metal podcast feck and metal today we're going to chat about the different cultural parts of geese the influences and culture of geese and also the nature of geese and what geese mean to us as individual human beings so stick with us i'm going to play a bit of uh fat boy slim bird of prey it's already playing in the background there and that's going to take us through to our discussion. See you in a minute. Right, let's get straight into it. Trainer, why did you choose the geese, the goose, as your animal? You could have chosen any animal in the world um, to talk about today on Feckin' Animals. Why did you choose the goose? Well, it seemed like a no-brainer because we were talking about geese quite a lot on our other podcast, The Feckin' Check-In, and I don't really know anything about geese. So um, I know you asked me to look into geese in popular culture, and a couple of those points do relate to our podcast Uh but yeah, it was it was a no-brainer for me because we've been using this golden goose model or the goose model and we've been talking about it so much. The word was kind of so regularly featured on the feck and check-in and our other podcasts. I thought it was uh, would be churlish to choose any other animal. <laughs> it became a meme, actually, on, on the feck and check-in, yeah. the golden goose. And, and we'll explore that in a few minutes. But as we were saying just before we started, wouldn't it be nice to get some facts about goose geese the hell out of the way before we get into the cultural references to, to geese? It would indeed. Yes. Uh, so, let's go. I've got some facts about geese here ready for you. Um, so, let's get down. First of all, let's look at their appearance. We all know they're birds. And we know that they're large birds, 20 to 50 inches long with a wingspan of 50 to 68 inches. They're most easily identified by their long black neck with a black head, crown and bill. They have contrasting white cheek and throat area. Their undertail coverts are white. Um, I must say that this is the Canada goose. This is one of the, most, the world's most popular goose. I was looking it geese. up, yeah. Yeah, um, so when I googled it, the, the Canada geese is what came up. But there's other geese that are more white all over. So they're kind of a large bird. Um, they uh, Some other thing about the, the geese is that a female goose is called the goose. And a male goose is actually called a gander. <laughs> yes. And a group of geese is called, Mr. Trainer. Oh, uh, a group of geese. A gaggle. Correct. <laughs> So you have, it's one of the most confusing, so you have separate names for the male and female, and I always mix them up because I always thought the goose was the male and the female was the gander, um, but no, the female is the goose and the male is the gander and the group is the gaggle. Yep. Now, some interesting facts from fourpaws.org, a website. Oh. Um, 
and also a bit from the Library of Congress, so it's kind of a governmental site in the USA. So, as geese will bond with the first suitable moving stimulus, no matter if it's a goose, person, or even an object. They remain dedicated to this person or object as their surrogate parent throughout their lives. Right. So, whatever they see moving in front of them as soon as they're born, that's the thing they'll bond with. Okay. Even that, even that's an object. It could be a bottle of water. It could be a cat. And um, it could be a human. Did you encounter any examples of this happening where the thing they bonded with wasn't a, one of their parent geese? No. <laughs> Because <laughs> I, I didn't look into it that much. I just got this fact from fourpaws.org. Okay. So that's kind of interesting, is it not? It is, yeah. I'd love to know about the, the geese who did bond with Kansas 7-Up and things like that, how they're getting on now. <laughs> and it's it's useful if you wanted to keep a, a pet goose um, because uh, you would just have to be there when it's born and then it would love you forever. Um, could you could you time that to the correct like minute or hour or you would be there when I was born? <laughs> You'd have to be very opportunistic. You'd have to be swoop in as soon as the goose is born and just get in its sign of sight or line of vision, excuse me. Had to kinda of be skulking around the goose maternity ward kind of uh lurking around corners. <laughs> And to what end? Would, it, would you do that to, to get the loyalty from a goose? Does it mean that much to you? Not to me right now, but, you know, maybe maybe after we're done with this episode, I'll, I'll have a go. Yeah, and it brings us to another point about uh, geese, is that they're very social and they're very loyal. They will mate for life. Uh, if they lose their eggs, they will mourn the loss of the eggs for a long time. And they're very helpful to each other, these geese. Okay. And the next fact is which I found the most interesting is that the geese always fly in a flying V formation. Oh yeah, I've seen this actually, yeah. Yeah, the geese is where that comes from, the flying V. And it's really impressive if you see it up in the sky. Um, and did you know why they uh, fly in the flying V, Master Trainer? It's not to mimic the flying V style of guitar, is it? <laughs> no. <laughs> I think actually the, the flying V guitar is probably uh, modelled after a, a gaggle of geese. What is the Flying V guitar? It's a, a, sorry, it's a standard kind of rock guitar shape or maybe a heavy metal guitar shape. You see people wearing, or using them in metal bands where it, it's shaped like a V, basically. That's it. Okay. Is it a novelty guitar or is it a uh, like popular Kind of novelty, just for a visual effect, more so than anything else. I don't think it does anything that a non-Flying V guitar doesn't do. Okay. Interesting. Um, so, why do geese fly in a Flying V? Well, there's two reasons. The first is it conserves energy and they can fly for a longer time. In fact, the geese can fly for 70% longer distance when they're in a flying V formation with other geese. Um, and the reason for that is that it cuts down on wind resistance. So if you're tucked in beside somebody in the V formation. And also, the geese take turns being in front of the V and they fall back when they're tired. So, so they use their most energy when they're at the front and lead out the V. And then when they run out of energy, they drop back to the back. A bit like the Tour de France. <laughs> they do that as well. That's uh, that's very interesting. Now, I was going to ask you if you had any um, reasoning behind why the V was uh, conserved energy, but you went straight into it. So that's that's very interesting. Um, I think, you know, I, I don't think I've witnessed this in, in person, but I've certainly seen it maybe on a wildlife documentary or something. Yeah, but that struck a chord with me now the minute you said it, the flying V. Hold on a second now. Where are they going when they're in this flying V? Are they going to get food? Are they migrating? What's going on there? Oh, good question. That brings us on to the next point, is that they are migrating. So the geese 
that, that we'd see in Ireland and the UK migrate from uh, the colder climates of the north of Europe. So they come from Greenland and Iceland and they come down to our countries in the winter time. So they, they travel a long, long distance in a flying V. And generally across the world, they fly from colder climates to, wa- climates to warmer ones in the winter. And they can survive well in the colder ones, but not, not in the harsh uh, uh, wintry conditions. Right, okay. So they come here for a bit of respite from the harsh conditions. Yeah. So are there any, are there any native Irish geese then, or are they all from Iceland? Then? They all uh, migrate here and hang around for the winter, and then they hump off back to uh, the north of Europe. There's no native Irish geese. All right, coming over here, taking our <laughs> whatever they eat. I don't know. <laughs> well, they cause a bit of bother when they're over here, but I'll get to that a little bit later. Right. So there's all the facts about geese. Got them out of the hell, hell out of the way. I hope the listener is still with us. Now, trainer, you want to maybe lead us out on the reason why you chose geese to be your animal of the, of the month. Yeah, so... I noticed in your notes you sent me over you had a few more things to say so are we only talking about my stuff now from now on or do you have more to add? I will add more of my stuff on later on but I want you to have the space and the time to really put forward your points about geese. <laughs> okay. Um, so the reason I chose geese as explained at the start of the episode was because we used the golden goose model on our other podcast the Feckin' Check-In and this was for, for listeners who might not be aware uh, it was a uh, it was a kind of, uh, what would you say? It was like, uh, I'm trying to think of the word now. You can edit all this stuttering out. Um, it, it was a methodology that we came up with whereby we thought if we had somebody who was famous or, or at least moderately famous as a guest on the podcast, them sharing the episode when it was released would increase our um, wingspan, if you will. <laughs> And uh, we would become more popular as a podcast as a result because people would hear about the podcast and they'd notice it and they'd see it in their Twitter feed and with their Facebook feed, whatever, whereas they wouldn't have before because we wouldn't have had access to those people that the famous or moderately famous person did. So we thought that, you know, the famous person would help us to grow the podcast and in a sense, they would be our golden goose. Um, And that model, the goose model didn't really work, but we had a lot of fun with it over the last year or so anyway, regardless. So what happened when one of these golden geese came on? Did it improve the popularity? Just just to tell the listeners. Yeah, so there were a couple of golden geese, so like people who were a bit famous or somewhat, some were quite famous. And uh, there was always a spike in the listenership. But if we'd had an episode then, a non-goose episode, as they came to be known, uh, we, uh, we noticed that it dipped back down. And whereas it, it might have increased our listenership overall a slight bit, whereas... An episode, let's say, from June 2021 of the Feckin' Check-In probably f- would fare a lot better, or a little better, than an episode from April 2020 with no goose on it. Um, it, di- it didn't really do what we had hoped or planned it would do. And we got we got more and more famous geese. We even did an arc. Uh, <laughs> we did a, a series where we had um, a series of podcasters, and all of those people, bar one, I think, shared the episodes afterwards on social media and all that. And we were hoping that maybe the goose model didn't work, but geese plus momentum equals success. And uh, that didn't really work either. Uh, it, it gave us, again, a, a, a spike for each episode, certainly. And some of those episodes, as a standalone episode, did really, really well. But those people weren't hanging around for episodes really where it was just you and me some of them were but not really all of them or not where not anywhere near all of them so i chose it because of that because of the strong affiliation that our podcasts or our podcast network the feck and check in podcast network has with geese 
Mm. And it was a it was a short term spike, and it was a bit of a roller coaster, wasn't it? Because we would get that spike and that hit, but then it would go away. So it was causing really um, extreme emotions. Yeah, and, and and if you look graphically at the stats from the time, it does look like a roller coaster because there's the ups and downs and ups and downs and ups and downs of the goose and the non goose episodes. Um, and obviously, the, the word golden goose or the phrase or the idea of golden goose comes from the old fable of the goose who laid the golden eggs in case anyone isn't aware of that all of the previous two or three minutes will sound like complete nonsense but there was an old story about a goose who laid golden eggs and that's why i was asking you if we're going to get to some of your points because it's relevant um, but i didn't want to step on it if you had planned to use it yourself excellent yes um so i will talk about the goose that laid the golden eggs it's interesting that there was never a golden goose though we sort of I confused that maybe when I suggested it. Or there was never a fable about the golden goose. It was no. the goose that laid the golden egg. The eggs were golden, but not the goose. But it became known as the golden goose. And one of my examples references the golden goose, and that's from the 1980s. Oh, oh, really? Yes. Yes. Well, tell us a little bit about that. I, I I'm going to leave the uh, the audience hanging on the goose that laid the golden eggs. I'm going to share that story in a little bit. But but tell us about how did it become about the golden goose well, itself rather than the eggs? Well, I mean, I don't know when it happened, but I have an example that's relevant to me. Um, it's an Iron Maiden song. It's called Two Minutes to Midnight." And the first, the opening the song is about war, the futility of war, and how war is constant, and there'll always be a reason to have another one. And it doesn't do anything really other than kill people and make a lot of people rich and the two minutes to midnight in the title is in reference to the doomsday clock and i think that is fairly widely known but in case anyone doesn't know what that is the doomsday clock is like a clock face where um the minute hand when it reaches midnight it's doomsday it's going to be the apocalypse it's going to be nuclear war and back in the 1980s we were said to be two minutes to midnight so um we'd lived the previous 11 hours and 58 minutes and it was two minutes to midnight or the previous 23 hours and 58 minutes and it was two minutes to midnight so we were very very close to doomsday based on the threat of nuclear war anyway that's just a bit of a backstory um but the, the opening lines of the song are kill for gain or shoot to maim but we don't need a reason the golden goose is on the loose and never out of season uh, so i think in that in that in that instance it's talking about how war generates money for a lot of people people who provide arms uh, and that type of, st- of stuff um so the golden goose is on the loose and never out of season so it's war is constant it's ever present there is never not a war of some sort going on and the people who stand to benefit from it almost are part of the creation of a war in a way in that somebody is out there making machine guns and bombs and artillery and and military uniforms all the time and making a shitload of money out of it and that's what it means in that it's a golden goose for those companies or those entities who stand to benefit from uh, the ever ever present um idea of war it's kind of interesting because it's it's a bit different than the um original intention of the golden goose that laid the golden eggs it's like it's a bit different to that original story but it kind of it makes sense it's intuitive to say that that war is a golden goose and the the, the image of a golden goose seems intuitive as well yeah i don't know it has a nice I ring think, to it i think it's been adapted but yeah I, I think it's like the next war like i mean there were wars like there was the gulf war in the 90s there was the war in iraq not getting too political or anything like that but there's always another war and so it's like the, the fact that without a shadow of a doubt there will always be another war or a conflict that in itself is a golden goose for the people who provide armaments and uniforms and weaponry and tanks <laughs> basically 
very good very good okay this is going in in interesting directions <laughs> yeah, so, but sorry I just I just chose that because it's a metal song so if I want to if I want to um, try and <laughs> cajole some people into listening to this there's a little reference for them there excellent I know that song actually as well Two Minutes to Midnight it's actually a really accessible Iron Maiden song um, so yeah it's slightly different um, meaning of the Golden Goose I just want to go back to your experiences with the Golden Goose on the podcast before I share, share the original story of the Golden Goose that, that laid the, the golden eggs from Aesop's Fagels and I just wanted to ask um, so there was a short term spike in popularity do you think that the use of the golden goose model, as we called it, do you think that damaged the longer term credibility of our podcast or the value in our podcast? That's a very good question. Um, I think because of the golden goose model or the goose model that we didn't have to work as hard to generate our own following. We wanted other people to do the work for us by simply appearing on the podcast and then promoting it themselves afterwards. And because of that, we didn't have to really do anything to promote the episodes because the person who was on the episode promoted it for us. And the ones in between, we were always just killing time until we had another goose. So I think, yes, it did damage it because it took away the work ethic from us and bestowed that on someone else. <laughs> and, <laughs> yes. and then we started getting annoyed when some of these geese didn't generate too many downloads. <laughs> or if they didn't share it. We resented them. We resented them if they didn't share it. God forbid if they didn't share our nonsense podcast with their followers. Um, they, uh, yeah, we, we resented them a small bit. But I think, yeah, it made us not have to work as hard for uh, growing the podcast. And I think now we're left with something that is is not fully grown. And it should be better. It should be doing better than it is now. And maybe because of the reliance on the geese, it, it's not doing as well as it could be. Yeah, it kills the purity or something of it, the creativity and the effort and the work ethic, as, as you said as well. And I noticed with Feckin' Metal, your uh, um, podcast about heavy metal, <laughs> no need to explain that, really. Um, but I noticed with that, you kind of started with more of the geese. And then over time, you kind of found your own voice and started to put more effort into it over like with arcs the arcs habit uh, arc i know you have guests on but it was more about your creativity over time that you developed yeah so i did i did start with guests and that was the plan initially but it wasn't again i wasn't ever hoping that somebody in a very underground small metal band was gonna make me a rich and famous millionaire podcaster <laughs> it was uh, but i did obviously hope that they would share it but the uh the they, they wouldn't have been as popular, let's say, as somebody like Andrew Mangan from Arsblog, or not even a, a one hundredth as popular as, as him. So I wasn't really expecting too much from that. It was more about personal satisfaction of getting to interview some bands that I really liked. And, then, and if they shared it, then it was a bonus. But I wasn't frantically checking the stats as much as I was in the feckin' check-in going, now if he shares it, it'll get a bazillion people. And by the time I got round to Blaze Bailey from Iron Maiden, who was my most famous uh, person I'd ever interviewed for feckin' metal, at least but he wasn't really like it was I, I had my listeners and that was it and um it didn't it wasn't a massive spike it was a bit more than a normal episode but it was like but i didn't care it was like it wasn't about that anymore it was about oh fuck i got to i got to speak to blaze bailey and that was really enjoyable and now i'll move on to my next episode which doesn't have a guest on it at all and did almost as well and there's seems to be a distinction between selling your soul or the um original intention of a show for just to get popular for golden goose versus having people on who you're generally interested to hear about and and that kind of develops the show 
uh, organically almost. I think so, yeah. And we've talked about this a, a bit ourselves, but some podcasts are solely based on the guest and what they can bring to the table and how far they can spread the popularity of that podcast where um, that becomes really stressful after a while. In, in our experience and in my experience, if you think every week you have to have a guest, oh shit, I don't have a guest lined up, what am I going to do? And I remember the first time I didn't have a guest lined up for Feckin' Metal back last year, I was shitting it doing an episode on my own, but then I went, it's about time I did an episode on my own, actually. Um, and I was really nervous about it and blah, 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 but it was fine. And then I did a few more and, and then I mixed them in with guests and I did all sorts of different approaches, obviously, in the last while. But um, it was a, uh, it was quite stressful in the week where I realized I wasn't going to have a guest lined up. Should I not do an episode? And that, back then it was weekly, every week on a Friday. I was like, should I not do an episode? Should I create some excuse and I was like no just do an episode you don't need a guest every time yeah and the getting rid of the reliance on the geese allowed you to grow and uh, like throw, your, throw yourself into the deep end and allowed you to develop your skills and I think that brings us back to the original fable the goose that laid the golden eggs this is kind of about how short-term thinking or short-term short-term greed almost can um can ruin longer term growth. It's basically, it can be your downfall. That's what I took from it. It can be your downfall in the long term. Yeah. So I'm going to read it out now and see what the listener thinks. This is a summary of uh, the goose that laid the golden eggs, one of Aesop's fables. Um, Of course, Aesop's fables always have the moral in them. Ah! (laughs) Okay. So a cottager and his wife had a hen that laid a golden egg every day. They suppose that the hen must contain a great lump of gold in its inside, and in order to get the gold, they killed her. Having done so, they found to their surprise that the hen differed in no respect from their other hens. The foolish pair, thus hoping to become rich all at once, deprived themselves of the gain of which they were assured day by day. So, in other words, if they would have just left the goose, it would have kept laying the golden geese or the golden <laughs> eggs sorry <laughs> well the eggs which probably turn into geese which in turn would lay eggs no i'm only joking <laughs> gets a bit so complicated themselves of that. Um, so isn't that exactly like our experience with the podcasting <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> exactly um we should have read a few aesop's fables before we started going inviting people on no uh that i mean look you i mean you're so i mean that's the the metaphor or sorry the symbolism there is like banging you over the head it's so obvious but it's like kind of if you if you're onto a good thing maybe you should be happy with what you've got don't prostitute everything for the hope of something slightly better um all that type of stuff and it, it it's i think that's one of the better aesop's fables i had a book of them when i was younger and a lot of them are about like you know the the what was it the, the something on the scorpion and all this type of stuff and it's about like animalistic nature and you know how human like animals are at their nature predators or beasts or whatever like that there's a few like that and there's a few about nature and things like that but this one is also about nature but it's relatable to human greed and kind of consumerism and that type of stuff which is great yeah and it's a, there's a quote from joseph jacobs in 1894 he tries to summarize the fable in one sentence and he says greed often overreaches itself so it's you overreach you overextend yourself for that greed that short-term greed Rather than just kind of waiting for the goose to lay the eggs all the time. Yeah, maybe we should have just waited, you know, for our incremental increased listener- listenership with the feck and check-in and the natural spread of popularity and put in a bit of effort ourselves rather than expected people who had done the work themselves to do it for us as, as well. 
Exactly. We were looking for that shortcut and I think we lost our souls. Yes. <laughs> There's nothing like this. What is it? Al Pacino. Could you give us an Al Pacino there? The, the amputated spirit. Uh, <laughs> what the fuck it is? Uh, oh, what is it? Uh, but, uh, oh, what? but there is no prosthesis for an amputee. No. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> what is it? These men. Oh, what was it? Their arms uh, torn out, their legs ripped off. But I had uh, nothing. But there is nothing like this. But there is nothing like the sight of an amputated spirit. There is no prosthetic for that. Yes, that's the one. That's the one. Oh Al Pacino, put classic. Me on the spot there. I, I, I'm Sorry. Sweating. <laughs> <laughs> it is quite nerve-wracking. I asked the question I'm and I was sweating into my, myself. into my my bathrobe that I put on after my shower because I was still sweating. <laughs> I caused you intense stress there. Yes, uh, but I, I wanted to tie in the Aesop's Fable to uh, another cultural reference, if you would indulge great. me. Um, yes, so please do. In Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, and I'm saying it like that rather than saying Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, because I'm talking about the 1971 film adaptation and not the book, uh, there is a character called Veruca Salt, who is a spoiled brat, essentially. I'm sure everybody has seen the film or read the book or both. Is she, she's a little girl, is she? Yes. Daddy, I want an Oompa And blah, blah, blah. You know, every, everything she sees, she wants one of them. And they get to a point where they get to see um, the geese that laid the golden eggs, which is obviously from Aesop's Fables. And Willy Wonka it describes them as quadruple-sized geese, which lay octuple-sized eggs. Not sure how that works, but anyway. Um, but uh, they lay golden eggs, which are edible chocolate golden eggs and they get you know sent out for easter and there is um some kind of weighing scales device which determines if an egg is a good egg or a bad egg if it's a good egg it gets sent along the production line and if it's a bad egg it gets sent into the incinerator into the garbage disposal and um goes down the chute exactly goes down the chute and veruca salt of course immediately goes daddy i want a golden egg i want a golden goose whatever and he's like wonka how much for the goose and he's like no no these aren't for sale and it leads into actually one of the musical numbers in the film, which is quite good, which is I Want It Now, um, where she's just basically being a spoiled brat and whatever. But at the end of it, she goes up to try and grab one of the golden eggs from the goose. And she walks onto the scales device, which determines if you're a good egg or a bad egg. And obviously it says she's a bad egg. So it shoots her down into the incinerator and her dad, follow- <laughs> <laughs> her dad follows up after her and he gets sent down because he's also a bad egg, determined by the, by the device. And... Um, Basically, it's the same thing. It's like their short-term greed led to their downfall because had Veruca Salt stayed in the mix, she would have gone on to potentially inherit the chocolate factory, which Charlie ended up doing later on at the end of the film. Spoiler for anybody who hasn't seen it. Um, <laughs> film from 50 years ago, I think it's fair game. But um, yeah, so basically she was like, she saw the golden egg, she wanted the golden egg, she ran up onto the thing and then she got sent down to the incinerator. And that's very similar to us with the feckin' check-in. Nobody <laughs> <laughs> it's all about us. No, it's very similar to the Aesop's fable and I'm sure that was a huge part yes. of the writing of the thing. But um, I love it. But it, that actually wasn't in the book. It was a bit different. It was about squirrels um, tapping nuts to see if they were they were good to be included in chocolate bars so the i know roald dahl was involved in the writing of the film script as well so they they changed direction a bit and they linked it more in with an aesop's fable rather than what was originally in the book but yeah there you go very interesting cool what's good for the goose is good for the gander indeed indeed (laughs) do you know what that means yes what's good for the female is good for the male yes exactly Exactly. <laughs> it was one of those ones that I that you hear, and I, I wasn't really sure what it meant. You just hear it, what's good for the goose, what's good for the gander. I thought it was this, what's good for one person is good for a larger group of people. 
because I didn't know what what I didn't know the goose meant a female goose, <laughs> and that a gander was a male goose. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I, I think it probably does mean that in a broader sense. It's like what's good for one is good for another. I was a silly goose. <laughs> yeah, that's also that's another one. Yeah. Uh, apparently that's an insult. Um, it, it's, it implies that you're a simpleton. <laughs> Silly goose. Yeah, I remember uh, a school friend of ours used to say that. Peter McGee. Ch- Peter McGee. Shout out to Peter <laughs> McGee. Uh, I'd say he inherited that from older people because it wasn't a, 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 a phrase that children would have used. No, no. He was trying to be kind of um, twee or something. <laughs> Quirky. Um, they are leading us on a wild goose chase. <laughs> Oh yes. What does that mean to you? Uh, it means something where, like, <laughs> it's impossible to catch the desired target. You'd be you'd be chasing forever, and you'll never catch up with this wild goose. Have you ever gone on a wild goose chase? Uh, I don't know if I have. <laughs> have you? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, in the USA, uh, myself and my good friend John—I won't say his second name because he might sue me. <laughs> <laughs> We were in uh, on a J1 and we were in America after going to an, an Oasis concert in San Francisco. Oh, wow. There was about t- 10 or 12 of us at nighttime after an Oasis concert. And we were trying to get home and none of us had really a, a mobile phone and none of us had credit. And we were trying to walk somewhere to find taxis. Uh, so this was before the, the Uber days. This was, this was about 15 or 20 years what ago. What year was it? Just to clarify even further. 2000 and let me let me get it hold on 2008 right okay so so smartphones i guess didn't really exist I'm not sure. they didn't really exist they were few and far between and um john and myself but i have to say especially john <laughs> was frustrated at some of the group who he who, cons- who he considered were leading us on a wild goose chase trying to find the taxis because they were walking in random directions and he wanted to go in a different direction to find the taxis yeah um, we found the taxis eventually just to end the story but the reason i'm bringing this up is because myself and john coined a song about wild goose chases and we sang it passive aggressively uh within the group and it was directed towards those group leaders who were um, leading us in the wrong way. I think I remember you singing this in later years. Obviously, I wasn't there, but go on. Yes, and just as a, as a spot of trivia, the leader of the group was somebody that we uh, are both very familiar with, someone called Captain Kirk. Ah, yes, of course. <laughs> so there was a kind of a rivalry there. Um, but the song went, They are leading us on a wild goose chase. They are leading us on a wild goose chase Where the geese are wild and we have no hope of catching them (laughs) (laughs) So me and John singing that for about an hour Did they hear you? They did, yes Did they understand? Yes, they understood (laughs) We were called immature Um, Did you catch a goose? Sorry? Did you ever catch a goose, a taxi? We did in the end, but uh, not without much uh, division within the group. (laughs) That sounds horrific and the type of thing that could only happen to you when you're on holidays, because when you're in your own home country, you find other ways of of getting what you need because you know the place. Uh, Yeah, It's one of those things that happens in a foreign country. Yes, and it's the age where you can passively, aggressively sing at people for an hour (laughs) and there's to be no real consequences. (laughs) If, that were, if we were adults in our 30s, people would say, that's really inappropriate. 
Why would you do that? It's really inappropriate. Why would you do that? <laughs> yeah, uh, that, those uh, those days are gone. Well, you can passively aggressively sing against people for an hour. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's a shame. It is a shame. It's a damn shame. Oh, the folly of old age. Huh? The folly of old age. I've got some cult- cultural points on goose to geese to to close out the show. But I'm just wondering before that, did you have any other points on on geese? I just had one more. Yeah, that our our, our goose model just to. to talk about the geese in popular culture again uh, uh, a friend of mine now uh, through my feckin metal podcast melissa she had a pr- very well-known author on her podcast called martin popoff he's written about 80 books on rock and metal and she told him about the goose model <laughs> of the feckin chicken and then she referred to him as her as her golden goose or i think she just said goose but it was very funny and surreal listening to uh, someone else on a different podcast who i didn't know a few months ago talking about the goose model and talking to a very well-known author and t- calling him a goose. <laughs> you might put in a clip of that if you want. Um, I have it Yes. There. One funny thing is I have a friend who has a, um, a podcast called uh, Feckin' Metal out of Ireland. And he has this thing where if you get an important guest, it's called a goose. So I want you to know that you are my goose. You are my ah, first... I'm not very important. My first... Uh, Big no wig uh, interview. <laughs> yeah, it's not big wig at all. <laughs> no, we we don't count. You know, just just I'm just a guy scribbling about other people's accomplishments, right? It's it's like yeah. So is- that was Melissa from Metal Chat with Melissa. That was our episode she did with Martin Popoff, which was episode number fourteen. I like how she's using. The golden goose as completely this normal thing. Yeah. <laughs> Even though we sort of adapted the phrase, it was gold. As as we said earlier, it's about the golden eggs, but we started using it as a golden goose. I know I heard Maiden, uh, Maiden referenced it in a different way. Yeah, but that would like um, we always kind of said it with a wink and a nod, but there it was just kind of said, you know, straight up. <laughs> which is great. It is great, yeah. That's success, if anything. That is, is success. That is. That'll be our legacy. <laughs> yeah. uh, people using golden goose... Um, great. So, some final cultural points on geese. If you haven't heard enough already, these are going to blow your proverbial socks off. <laughs> Not really. Um, so, uh, trainer, uh, are you familiar with the Canada goose jacket? So, only because you sent me on uh, some stuff about geese earlier on, I looked up Canada Goose and I saw it was like a clothing brand or a clothing style. So, only just today I'm familiar with it. But beforehand, no. Mm. Well, I guess the the whole thing about the Canada Goose Jacket, it's a very designer, popular brand in Canada. And I guess they're trying to get on that thing that like geese can survive in really cold climates. So we'll call our jackets this. And these are kind of very, they have lots of layers on them. They're really well designed and they cost over 700 euro for a standard Canada Goose Jacket. Um, But the reason I'm bringing it up is that in Ireland, it's become known as the drug dealer uniform. So if you go around uh, sort of uh, dodgy areas of Dublin, for want of a better word, uh, I won't name any of them, but you will see lots of uh, young lads in their early 20s or teenagers wearing uh, drug dealer uniforms, i.e. the Canada Goose jackets. And it's usually a symbol that they're involved in drug dealing or it's usually viewed as a, viewed like that. I'm looking at it here and I can imagine drug dealers wearing this all right. Um, right, so that's grand. If I'm around 
um, well, I won't name the place. If I see anybody wearing that, I'll go up and get some drugs. That's good to know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the journal.ie January 2020 reports that in Dublin 9, the Criminal Assets Bureau seized 6,000 in cash, five Canada Goose jackets, one Montclair jacket and two Rolex watches. So it seems like uh, organised cra- crime gangs are stashing these these Canada Goose jackets. Jesus, the jackets and the watches would nearly be worth more than the 6,000 in cash there, which is alarming. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they'd retain their value longer as well in the state of inflation. (laughs) But uh, I wonder, and I didn't do my research on this, and when I Google Canada Goose drug dealer, I only found results for Ireland. So I don't think this is a trend in other countries. Right. It's just one of those things that has a weird cultural significance in one country, but not in any other ones. Yeah, and there's a a gang of organised crime gang in Dublin called the Gucci Gang. And they're like drug dealers. They, they're well known for like wearing Gucci and and now Canada Goose as well. So I wonder is it re- related to that? I hope they don't kill me now for mentioning that. They probably definitely will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're probably sending this around now and planning on how to kill it's, me. It's, it's, on, it's on WhatsApp messages and big WhatsApp groups of criminals with guns and knives and all that. And they <laughs> track you down. <laughs> Absolutely. So this might be the, my my last ever podcast. But what do you think? You've had a view of the of the Canada Goose coats there. What do you think about them aesthetically? I think it's actually quite a nice coat. I have been. Te- it's like a parka basically. Um, I've been tempted to buy a parka in the past, but I never pulled the trigger. Ooh, no pun intended. Uh, I never pulled the trigger <laughs> on <laughs> on the actual purchase. Some of them have the parka-like hood and some of them don't. I'm just seeing here. But I think at some point in my life, before I'm 40, I will own a parka. There's also a trend that... I don't know if this is what you had in mind when you were thinking of your parka, but it's parka-like coats with a little circle on the sleeve. And the sleeve is the this little circle on the sleeve is is the logo, and Canada Goose is very very well known for that. But is that what you had in mind? Because I've seen this trend around other jackets, and it's it's almost as if you can't work out if it's Canada Canada Goose or or not. And I think that's deliberate. Yeah, I I really don't like logos on clothes. I have to say, even if if it's a really nice like check shirt or um, a flannel shirt, and it has the name and the brand on it, I hate it. I wish it wasn't there. Um, so I wouldn't wear a parka with said logo on it. It would have to be plain. Not in any sort of political or consumerist kind of statement or anything like that. I just don't like the logos. I have no affiliation with them and I don't care about them. So I don't want them prominently displayed on my on my clothes. That's fair enough. It's kind of like you would be a walking advertisement for said brand. Exactly. And I only do that for heavy metal bands. Oh, yes. It's your 700 t-shirts. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Very good. And then the final point about geese that I wanted to bring up is that geese are often used as an excuse in Ireland to stop development of um, like land development, land use development, and also roads and, and homes in particular. So since 2015, there's been efforts to try and build around 500 homes or apartments in St. Anne's Park, Rohini. So if people are unfamiliar with, with St. Anne's Park, Rohini, it's a pretty big park in North Dublin. Yeah. Um, very nice park, actually. Lovely and park. Uh, they wanted to buy, to build 500 apartments. They applied. Developers were applying since 2015. This is in the context of a housing crisis in Ireland that's been on, been lasted for the last few years. But especially now, it's gone crazy. Um, but the local residents, of course, don't want 500 apartments built there, in their la- in their land or whatever. And 
they, the reason they, they were able to get this proposal by the property developer rejected is because of the impact it would have on geese who use um, St. Anne's Park every winter, Brent geese in particular, who use it every winter to rest and kind of hang out every winter. So they, they try to, to uh, this is me being cynical, but I don't think those people really care about the geese. Hold on a minute now. How <laughs> dare you? <laughs> How dare you insinuate that those people had an ulterior motive other than the welfare of geese? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it crazy, though, that they would use the geese in this way? And the geese are only using it in the winter. They're not using it like 12 months around the calendar year, you know? Yeah, um, that's the that's a unique planning permission um, excuse there. Now I've never heard that one before, but I yeah I don't know. Like that is a really nice park, I have to say. I've, I've only I've only went it. I've only gone into it for the first time in the last few months. Um, I never was out. I was never out there before. I don't know what I'd be like if I lived there and I had my own property and blah 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 blah. But I, as I stand now, I kind of dislike those type of people who object to those things. But I don't own property and I don't live there, so. Yeah, I think that's a very balanced uh, uh, opinion on it. Like I don't like the con super. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know if this is a swearing podcast or not. No, go on. Matter. We're it's allowed one swear word per per episode on this podcast. It's like those people who object to concerts and all that type of stuff and i know there are valid reasons and all that but like anytime i hear the phrase the local residents i just kind of go oh fuck off (laughs) yeah and it's kind of like it's in the interest of the local residents not to have the apartments there but it's in the interest of broader society to have them there well it certainly is because people need places to live and especially in dublin Anyway, let's not get into that again. We've talked about David <laughs> McWilliams in no time. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll swiftly move on to the other uh, related article, which was from the Irish Examiner, January 2015, to close the show. And the, the title of, of this article was Killarney National Park Road Would Kill Tourism Golden Goose. And this is about local residents wanting to uh, prevent a road going through Killarney National Park because they feel that it it would disturb geese who were sensitive to humans <laughs> and they need at least 800 metres of distance away from humans. Oh my God, this is brilliant. <laughs> this is great this stuff. Is the use of geese again. So if, Clarity, you, if you don't want anything built, then bring out the geese, excuse me. Bring out the geese. Uh, Clarity National Park again is a lovely spot, um, but I didn't realise they were trying to build a road through it. Um, I don't know. I don't even know. I don't know enough about that to have an opinion on. I've just heard it just now, but it's it's certainly funny anyway that the, the geese are being rolled out as as an excuse more than once for uh, for building or construction. Yeah, I think the Saint Anne's Park one is, is especially kind of uh, what's the word I'm looking for when something's in, insincere, kind of. Like um, oh, I, I can't think off the top of my head now. But, uh, He'll be sweating again. In- inauthentic. <laughs> inauthentic. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, not, not quite, uh, though. No. That's not, that's not quite what I was looking for. No. But. Sweating uh, here now. Let's not worry about that. Yes, that's uh, not. <laughs> Trainer, thank you so much for coming on Feckin' Animals episode two. It was great to have you on. Any final thoughts about geese? They are, they're very interesting. And they are. Um, they are. Ever since Aesop's Fables, which was what, in the 1870s, 1890s? Late 1870s, early 1890s. um, (laughs) They're constantly referenced in uh, society and culture, whether it's actual geese stopping the building of roads or apartments, or the 
kind of reference to Aesop's fable in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory or in uh, Iron Maiden lyrics or in various other places. So it's or in the feckin check in. So it's it's great that they still have, you know, um, they still have the popularity uh, all these decades later since they were kind of metaphor <laughs> metaphorically used as um, <laughs> something to do with greed i'm struggling here in aesop's fables over 100 years ago wow i was gonna say that was a fantastic conclusion i couldn't do better myself but it seemed to get into into a bit of trouble towards the end <laughs> it did kind of the serious trouble there do you know what it was again it's i'm not used to being a guest yeah. you're like asking me questions and do you have any clothes i hadn't thought about that yeah put you on the spot god almighty uh no yeah geese fair play to you Great bunch of lads Brilliant And look out for a flying V Because that will most likely be geese And thanks again trainer Thanks again listener Even though I didn't thank you the first time Thanks trainer Thanks for the first time listener And (laughs) I will see you uh, all next month For Feckin' Animals Trainer would you like to come back again At some future point I would love to yeah We'd have to get something as interesting as geese though Yes Yes Well there's There's over 5 million animals in the world So I'm sure we can come up with something we can yes okay thank you and take care we're going to play out a little song here and uh, see you soon in the sun you sky